Hello and welcome back to the Tune Lighting Podcast. It's the podcast where we're trying to write and record an entire album in just one year part-time. Uh, and I mean, a big part of Tune Lighting and what we wanted to do during this project is to create a bit of a, a community feel because I know there's loads of other people out there in the world who are trying to get stuff finished, uh, who are struggling, you know, with especially at the moment, uh, creating music at home in isolation and things like that. So it's to try and connect with other people who are also sharing this journey because we're not the only ones trying to record and release something. So we decided to reach out to uh, someone who commented on a couple of our posts and uh, sent us some nice feedback as well. And uh, someone who has sent me some of their own music and I'm a really big fan as well. So I thought it'd be cool to get them on the podcast and just chat about their tune lighting journey uh, some lessons they might be able to share and yeah just have a general chat around music so i hope you enjoy the episode and uh, find it useful i actually picked up some very useful tips myself so without further ado this is our interview with listener joelle vargas we're really excited to welcome on a fellow tune lighter and someone that has written into us a couple of times with some really nice feedback and like really useful feedback as well and some really nice comments so you know i thought wouldn't it be cool if we got them on uh, because they're a fellow musician as well to chat about what they're doing and their tune lighting journey as well and uh, to kind of just have a chat around music production and that sort of thing so i'd like to welcome to the podcast joel vargas joel how are you doing i am doing well and honored to be here this is a longtime listener and certainly a First time caller, I guess, if you can call this a call, right? <laughs> nice. And you're coming all the way from uh, from Austin, Texas, is that right? That's right. Yeah, it's uh, just slightly northern suburb of Round Rock, so of, of Austin called Round Rock. Um, no one would recognize Round Rock with your international audience, but I think Austin is known for its uh, its music, so I'd rather say that. Yeah, we, we actually visited, or me and Jack visited Austin on a road trip, part of a, a road trip across texas like just before everything went into lockdown and you know end of 2018 uh loved it we we're only there for two days was it jet in the end but two or two or three days yeah. yeah it feels like the music scene there is uh is really cool we managed to see some live music when we were there in some little uh kind of grungy bar on the outskirts <laughs> lots of, of those uh, around here. i can't remember what it was called yeah <laughs> so is austin somewhere is that somewhere you've lived uh all your life somewhere you've moved more recently is it is it part of the reason you you got into music being being from there? I'd be curious to know kind of if if Austin's kind of reputation as a as a music hub is is the reason that you uh, you're into music yourself, or is that just coincidence? Uh, yeah, I would I would say more coincidence, but I'm glad to be here. Certainly, have a lot of musician friends and and folks that I can collaborate with locally. So it's you're never. Uh, in need of, of finding good talent. It's, it's kind of everywhere. But no, I'm I'm originally from Florida, born and raised in Florida, kind of in the Orlando area. But I'm, I'm actually from Puerto Rico is my nationality. And so Spanish was even my first language. So all of my musical roots are very Latin in nature. Um, and uh, we moved here to Texas as an adult, but I've been here, gosh, going on 15 years. So it, it feels like home for me. That's That's for sure. Can you remember when music kind of came into your life when, and when you started getting into the production side of, of things? When was the first time you, you got into, dabbled in the, in the production of music? So, so music is in my blood. It's, uh, it's just kind of 
how you know if, if you if you're around the Puerto Rican community, a lot of salsa, a lot of Latin jazz, a lot of um, syncopation in the music that we do. But I actually as as early as I can remember, I was banging on some bongos or playing just in the house. Um, and then later on, which was kind of crazy, but um, at like the age of seven or eight, um, I started playing drums at my local church. And my my dad was the pastor, and you, we just needed a drummer. And and I, they were like, "Hey, this kid has some good rhythm. I guess we'll throw him on there." The what you know what I didn't know at the time was that I'd be mentored by like one of the best musicians I'd I'd be around. The guitar player was a jazz guitar player that was like incredible. He knew about theory. He knew about um, you know all of the great people to listen to and so here I am a little drummer that barely fits you know barely can see over the cymbals and I'm I'm playing and a lot of here in America there's just a lot of your just really good musicians are birthed out of church environments where you have to play by ear so there's a lot of gospel and and just you gotta it's all it just makes your ear so good because Someone just pops up and and says they want to sing a song and you you've never heard the song in your life and you figure out how to accompany them. So with different needs came different uh, instruments. So I started playing guitar, played a little bit of bass, then I played keys and, uh, you know, there was any instrument that was needed. I, I kind of just picked up and my jazz guitar player friend would guide me through and we'd figure it out. And it was just it was great. And then I started playing saxophone in middle school through middle school band. So I don't know if that's same as Jack, <laughs> a fellow fellow middle school <laughs> sax player, right? I, I hope your um, um, saxophone career didn't end in the same way as mine. Um, I had my teachers kept suffering quite serious accidents, so I, uh, I kind of gave up um, a bit later on <laughs> when I was still at school. But uh, I hope I hope you still keep it up because it's a great. Yeah, no. So I I kept playing a lot and it it actually became kind of the passion. Um, And then I started playing through high school and jazz band and I got so into it. I was I was writing jazz music and we would we had local festivals where um, I was I was honored to have won like a local, um, you know, competition that was an arts competition I got to gather my friends and wrote some music and uh, performed it you know locally and it was it was just it was great got a little scholarship out of it Um, but then after that I went to go to I I went to music school and I had a a scholarship to go play and it was like my dreams were to become a, a, a band director so like a middle school band director looking at other middle schoolers like you Jack uh, trying to help them through their their journey, um, and I was really passionate about it. But when we moved to Texas, my dad had said, "Hey, we're we're moving to Texas," and I I said, "I'll check it out," and I kind of liked it. I'd always been in Florida, and when I moved here, necessity was what breeded music production. So I was now left music school. I was going to be a, a jazz saxophone player and 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 band director, and that's all I was going to do. And just being alone, I didn't know anyone. I was I was 19 years old at the time, and you know, I, I I decided, hey, I'll grab a laptop, I'll figure it out. I called some friends, and I got an old MacBook, the the black one. Uh, you remember they were white and they were black. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got an old MacBook. I got a 
a uh, an Mbox Two Pro uh, FireWire connected and uh, some speakers and uh, you know just 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 got everything going and so I was using Pro Tools at the time because everyone told me that this is wow that's uh, yeah <laughs> professional. Well, they were saying like if you want to do this right, you got to go Pro Tools, right? It was all about Pro Tools back then. Um, and so I just, you know, started learning by just me playing and, and doing things. And I decided to do some production stuff and there was people that needed producers and I just met some people locally and did some production work and, um, did a lot of just one-off studio work as a saxophone player. And I thought I'd go back to school and I started working and, and I, I was like, wow, like I can make pretty good money in a normal eight to five job and still enjoy music afterwards. Right. So I was looking at my band director friends and, you know, all the power to them because I'm sure they're being fulfilled emotionally. But the the pay was just not great as a band director. And um, so I kind of just focused on my professional career and always did music. You know, as as the music director at my church, every Sunday I get to play with all of my friends and people that I enjoy playing with. And so I arrange and produce things with them and work with them. And it's, it's great. I get to do that every Sunday. And then during the week I get to do my own stuff while still maintaining a good, you know, good, a good job and a good earning for my family. So, um, yeah, what, what started is just dabbling. Um, I did work for everyone else and I was always scared to do things for myself because I wanted this grandiose, uh, you know, album project that was going to be, you know, the, the greatest thing anyone's ears had ever heard. Right. And, 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 and I just, but I was stuck because it was like analysis paralysis, too much perfectionism. And so that's when I found Brian Funk and the music production podcast. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this guy is everything that I need to hear. He's saying it. And I'm like, this guy's a godsend. Like I need a, I need a, you know, take this stuff on and, and, and actually do it. So then I did the Januaries and got some ideas. I heard you guys and I fell in love with the work you guys were doing. And um, yeah, I just got to the point where I said, I just need to start releasing music no matter what. And then I'll I'll come up with a plan later. I just need to release music. Yeah, that sounds familiar. That's that's pretty much how we did it. I mean, you, you had, from the sounds of it, an even more musical background than, than either of us have had. It's been a part of your life from a young age. You've, like you say, you've been playing live in church week in week out and do you did you find that all that experience made it made you more of a perfectionist you found it harder to do something for yourself because you were around these great tutors all the time and you think right I can't measure up if I release something by myself oh yeah I mean it was it was so many things right it was like and and it's hard because I, I have a heart. I think you guys were, when we were talking about feedback, you had a really good conversation around that. And it's, it's kind of hard to take feedback sometimes, even when it's good. Like, man, I, I really enjoyed what you did, man. That, that sax solo in that section was killer. And oh man, love playing with you. And, you know, and you kind of like everyone around you is elevating you and elevating you and elevating you. And it's just like, guys, I just love playing music. <laughs> you know, I, I just love what, what we get to do. Like I always, I tell my friends and anyone who plays music, you should never say I have to play music. Just anytime you hit, you say the word have replace it with the word get right. I get to play music. I get to do this. Like this is 
what an awesome age we're living in where I can literally produce a decent, you know, record out of my house and you guys can too. I mean, it's, it's quite incredible. We've come a long way from those days of Pro Tools where you needed a pro- professional studio. That, that ele- you know, it's like when everyone around you elevates you, it's like, man, if I ever release something myself, they must be expecting, you know, something grandiose. So I, I made it too too precious, if that's uh, um, a, a phrase or something to kind of think about. It's like you just I just elevated it too much and uh, resulted in nothing. <laughs> so. so you talked about... Uh... Yeah, January. Uh, I saw you. You did that again this this year on your Instagram. You were kind of posting stuff on there every every day. Was that was that the first um, the thing that really got you kind of putting stuff out there and kind of getting past that fear of, uh, of just releasing stuff? I guess and not. I mean, for for us, it's. I, I still don't think. I mean, until the podcast, it was really everything just lived on my hard drive. I might send the odd thing to, to friends or, or things like that. So yeah, was it, was, um, did that really help you to kind of get over that, that barrier of, uh, of releasing stuff and kind of testing the waters a bit, I guess. hundred percent. Um, so I did it in 2018 and 2020. Uh, this year I was a little bit more focused on trying to get something out there officially. Um, and, and so what January did for me was exactly, it, 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 took down that feeling of, you know, that pressure of it being so precious and so perfect. Um, and, and then it really focused on a different muscle group, right? So I, I noticed very quickly, I said, man, I just started knocking out ideas and I, I would hear Brian Funk and, and, and Cuckoo and, and all these people that kind of, you know, really talk about January. And I realized like everyone was saying it was like so hard, like, man, you got to like press through and you just got to make it like, you got to commit to doing it and, you know, like give yourself pressure, but don't give yourself too much pressure and all this stuff. And I found myself just doing it and it was not very difficult. It was actually fun, right? It was, I was like, this is, this is awesome. Like I really enjoyed it. And it, it also, um, it taught me to look at my gear differently. So I kind of went down some kind of gear rabbit holes with, um, Hey, I just want to make music with this piece of gear. Hey, I want to use this, uh, other thing. So yeah. it sets the limitations. Yeah. The limitations were, yeah, were great. Yeah. And then the, I stuck to the minute, you know, uh, length, the Instagram one minute length. Um, but yeah, so, so I realized that I got pretty good at, um, pounding out just, random ideas, like random ideas. I realize that's a muscle. Some people struggle with. I realize that's, I'm okay in that area. What I am not good at is the arrangement, the choices, the, the, the mixing, the mastering, yeah. the, 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 the final process that I know you guys are in. I was like, it's almost like yeah, it's it's like when you go to the gym, they always show that the work the guys that have big old upper bodies and skinny legs, and it's like don't forget leg day. It, it, I feel like <laughs> I was really beefing up like my creative stuff. I had all these loops, and I could I could come up with that idea is great, but I was not working on the rest of the production, and it made me weak in being able to finish songs. So I've kind of gotten away from the Januarys and and really want to just focus on release as much music as I can now. Um, 
because it's working on a different muscle group. You use Ableton now, don't you, as well? Yeah. I think I can't remember what we used to use. We used to use all sorts of stuff back in the day when we were in a band like Cubase and whatever was around. But I just found Ableton was so accessible and there's such a community online. I think it was through YouTube. Like pretty much every video seems to be someone on Ableton. So I think that was the reason why I ended up getting into that side of things. But I mean, did, did you find that it's Ableton kind of does get you stuck in those loops it, it, it's the software lends itself to kind of jamming and, and getting those ideas and it's great for that stage but then kind of getting onto that next stage that's what I found is going from the loops and the the session view and messing around in there and putting that into a finished track um yeah that's the bit I found really difficult 100% and I'll say even more so so before a so while I was working on in Ableton because I've been using able I don't know how long I've been using Ableton for I guess since Ableton eight maybe, um, but you know I my early Januarys are on the Roland JDXI, um, so the you know that's a four bar kind of looper, um, you know and it, it, a lot of great it does it's a it's a killer bang for the buck in my opinion, um, and then. Later on, I, you know, got an Electribe, a Korg Electribe in there, um, and that's kind of a looping groove box type thing. Um, I'd say that if there's one kind of piece of gear that has really helped um, quite a bit is, uh, are you familiar with the Akai Force? I've, yeah, I've seen it on, is it like a Ableton push kind of Your thing? Your Instagram. Or sim- it, it is. It looks a lot like the push and I, I used to own the push. Um, yeah. And you know, I'm a keys player now is probably what I play the most is, is keys. Um, so I'm, I, I feel like a lot, I prefer just to knock out parts and just play everything and just kind of stick away from MIDI and all this stuff. So, Mm. um, the Akai force is a standalone box, right? So it, it, what I enjoyed about it is it is built like Ableton though. And one of the recent updates actually allows you to, um, essentially take the session mode and put it in arranger mode. Um, and then you can actually do that within the box and export it into Ableton, from where you left off and it's just super fast. It's just hardware. I don't have to turn on my computer. Don't need to make sure that the interface and everything's like everything's working properly. And I just grab that thing, put it on my desk, plug up some gear. I record into it, get some ideas down. And I, my goal is to make an arrangement out of it as quick as possible and get it into Ableton. So that's kind of been my workflow lately. Um, it's kind of been birthed in the Akai Force and then um, further, you know, manipulated and, and, and finished in, in Ableton. Yeah, so that workflow thing's massively important. We talk about that a lot, don't we, Jay? We do, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that makes it easy for people to get started these days. But it, it sounds like you might have stumbled upon something that makes it a little bit easier to get finished with songs as well, um, which is, yeah, very important and not something I've really come across um yeah and even even one of the things that i'll do is when i have it um when i'm using the akai force i will purposefully kind of bounce down a a finished idea um as you know as close as i can to an arrangement um and i'll bounce it down that way as a just left right wave and listen to it and then after that you know I'll, i'll go in and actually export the whole thing 
um, where I can truly work on it in Ableton. And that's, it's just created a faster, um, more efficient, I guess, way of kind of making my mind think outside the loop (laughs) Um, and start looking at the structures of the song, the parts that I'm like, where am I taking this song? Um, So I try to make that decision during the creation process and then take it into Ableton. So um, don't get me wrong. I've done a lot just in Ableton and I, I, I love Ableton and all that it brings. I just, I just like connecting directly in and, and going to town. Yeah. I think I've, well, I've definitely got better at doing that, but I used to, I went through a time of just, you'd have an idea and it would go onto the phone, you know, just quickly record it on the phone. And that's great. If you ever sit down and want to, find ideas or get started but it just meant that so many of them just stayed on there what goes on phone stays on phone yeah exactly (laughs) it sounds like a great tool this uh, akai i'll uh, I'll have a look into it because yes just some a way of kind of getting accelerating your way through that first creative phase and getting something kind of the idea of arranging in the creative phase is something that i think my tendency is to be pleased with what i've done if i come up with an idea a little loop and think oh great there's i've done some creating there i'll put that to one side come back to it in a a few weeks and then kind of all the momentum's gone whereas what you're doing is moving on to stage two at the same time as stage one basically and and that's that's coming out of knowing that i kind of got good at doing (laughs) little short loops and making them sound good enough and then not continuing so i'm kind of forcing the my own hand at at pushing through that yeah smart and the other thing with with the akai force is it does um and this isn't an akai force commercial or anything (laughs) like that it's just it's been great for me um but what's cool about it to me is it's it's it has its own kind of sound engine and synth engine and you know within it and it's not great so i don't necessarily use those in my kind of final tracks or maybe I, I end up some, some of them I absolutely use. Um, but it, it, it's what I, it's like placeholders, right? It just gives me a placeholder. Like I want a pad that's going to sound really good for this section. I want a synth line that's going to sound good in that section. Um, whether or not that's how it finishes, it's obviously much different, but I like that I can quickly put some placeholders down with, um, with relative speed, I guess. So how uh, we're coming to a stage now where we have got all our placeholders and we need to decide whether they are placeholders or whether we actually like them enough to to stay in the song. So how how easy do you find that? Do you get attached to the placeholders you put down, even if it was just the first thing you you've came across, or do you think actually this can be improved? Um, I'm just I'm just kind of used to it. I think uh, one of the things that I've noticed uh, is a good practice is like listen to it like in nauseum and see if see what kind of starts bothering you. Right. Like I one of my buddies recently told me that he listened to my song for like over an hour. It's it's like a three minute song. So (laughs) do the math. He heard it a lot. And I was like, wow, it didn't drive you crazy. Well, that's a good sign. Right. Um so, you know, you tend to find the things that, um, especially when listening to it, you know, in outside of environments, I, um, you know, I have kind of different ways that I listen to things, but I like to just use cheap headphones and kind of walk around and 
go on family walks and do do those things and I will listen to a lot of the work over and over and quickly find out like okay when I get back to the studio I need to dump this part or I need to mm. it's it it's kind of cutting through in in a way that I don't like the other thing that I would say is I've again you know when I was talking about that kind of holistic view you know the guy in the gym that's got the the big upper body and and skinny legs um that holistic view for me was really learning the mixing process and even the mastering process. And I had zero experience in those areas. I always used to tell all my friends that I used to do work for, yeah, I'll, I'll arrange stuff for you. I'll, I'll do whatever you need. I'll take it all the way to mixing (laughs) after that. See you later. Sayonara. That's just not my thing. And I found a lot of, uh, joy even like I started learning some new things with with mixing and and mastering and I realized that that helped create a lot of you know creativity and Mm. hey I'm noticing that this frequency range is really busy right I got too much going on there I got to choose what what goes because so it's it's been helpful to take it all the way stop you know beginning to end um, I think a lot of people will tell you don't do that um, <laughs> because of all the reasons why you should get someone else involved. So, but, but yeah, I know it's a little long winded there, but I, I do find a lot of benefit in just going through the process and kind of forcing yourself to the next step and then making a decision then. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, do you, do you still try and separate the creative process from the mixing or do you find they blur more into to each other that's what I'm finding now as I get more into mixing uh it, I tend to start thinking about things earlier and tweaking things earlier in the process yeah, I couldn't agree more I mean I, I think I, I did do my best to once I said I'm in the mixing phase like I I made almost a personal commitment do not go back and and add or take away parts right um, did you bounce the tracks first and then start mixing? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know it's it's tough. That's the it's challenge. It's so hard to do. It's like it's, oh. like, oh. it's just that that I think that, yeah, taking that step. We haven't even done it on any of our tracks. We're still kind of tweaking things and re-recording things. And I need we need to start doing it on at least a couple of the tracks. Uh, but it's just yeah, it's a commitment phase. <laughs> it is. Commit. <laughs> it is, and it's 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 almost the hardest. I would say it's the hardest hurdle to get over is I am now in the mixing phase. And the the beautiful part that I've noticed is mixing can also be creative, right? Just because you're not um, adding or taking away an element, the way that you might EQ a part can absolutely impact its overall sound. And um, you can make creative decisions through mixing. So don't, don't feel like, um, Oh man, I'm in mixing. I'm, I'm I'm screwed. I can't go back and do anything. Well, kind of, but you could also you can yeah. roll yeah. off the the low end on that part. And now, what was a low end is now doing something else for you. Or what was uh, this kind of more mid frequency part is now more of a kind of an ear candy part. So I, I don't know. I, it's it's tough, but I'd say it is fluid. But once you do decide we're gonna mix, then yeah, you gotta you gotta go mix. Yeah, I'm. I'm- I'm looking forward to being at that stage where we have committed because um, I think it sort of takes a a weight off um, and 
yeah it's it's a it's a whole different set of problems to think about but at least you know the problem of adding more parts writing more parts that's behind you and it's about making making the best of what you've got and so much of what you guys have going for you is the fact that it's more than one person um i am kind of the lone ranger over here trying to <laughs> working <laughs> on stuff but i do have a circle of friends and and people that i play with and people that know me and you know, they, they will say, Hey, Joel, why are you like, there's this certain sound that you always do. Why, why'd you take that away? I don't hear that. Or, you know, that's just leave it like that. Right. And I almost said the word that's perfect. That's my problem. (laughs) I kind of want the perfection. Right. Um, but you know, getting someone else to listen. And also my wife is probably one of my best, um, she, she gives me great feedback because she's not musical. Right. And yeah, that's, like, that's really good to have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She'll she'll uh, she'll tell me where is this going? Like, what is this supposed to? Like, what am I supposed to be doing while I'm listening to this? She uh, she does joke around and and say, like, do does do people know that your music doesn't have it doesn't have words in it? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, babe, there's there is a huge scene of people that enjoy <laughs> instrumental music. Like, it is that's all I want to listen to is instrumental music. Um. So I think that's okay. And she's like, well, I just want to make sure people know that you're, they're, they're not expecting a vocalist. It's a long intro. <laughs> yeah. She's like, when's the vocals going to come in? I'm like, uh, sorry, babe. That, hear that melody part? That's, that's pretend that that's a vocal. <laughs> yeah, that, that can complete, I think that's such a good thing to have because you do kind of get stuck in there. Well, I'll only share it with my musician friends because they'll know all about what's going. But actually sharing it with those people that maybe will point out the things that you never even thought about. Yeah, it can be a bit Emperor's New Clothes-esque in that the people who've been around music all their lives too can't see what's right in front of them or are too scared to point out the obvious thing. Whereas someone who hasn't will, you know, say what they hear and explain it in a very clear way. So I want to get on to... This your current project then, Joel. Um, you, you've mentioned a couple of times there. You've been working on uh, some material, and you've just released the other day a single, um, which I really, really love. So I'll, I'll play a clip uh, for the listeners so they've got an idea, uh, and I'll link to it as well. the first single of a, a bigger project that you're working towards a, an EP or an album and um yeah was it the kind of first big official release you you've done uh, so far absolutely and I, I I'll say uh you're you're certainly making it sound quite glorious in this big release in this big it thing is glorious, I, I will Joel. say um once it is it's on Spotify yeah it? like that, that <laughs> the whole world can see it 
Yeah, but but you know, I will say, keep your expectations low, right? Um, when when you finally release this piece of music, um, you know, it, it's it's going to get listened to, and and yes, but don't expect the uh, the huge like all the crowds coming around to hear about your song, <laughs> and it's just. Um, but but I will say, you know, th- this particular one is just. It was me forcing myself to finish, right? Um, I think right now, you know, Brian Funk's uh, talked multiple times on his podcast about, you know, finish February, right? And and yeah, like, yeah. let's get stuff done. And so I actually have three songs that, that are ready to release. And I was talking to one of my friends that uh, helps artists release music. And, um, you know, I was telling him, okay, so I, I forced myself to get through the mix process I'm, I'm going to maybe use a mastering service, see how that works. Well, I went through that process and I actually liked my master better. The one that, and I sent it to a couple people to check and I said, okay, well maybe, you know, I'll just, so I could get the music ready to release. And then here was the big dilemma. What is my band name or what am I called? <laughs> I didn't even have that. Right. So I was like, you know, I was trying to come up with things and my wife would say, that's cheesy. That's kind of corny. Um, and so my wife was the one not listening to some of the things that we've listened to. And she said, why don't you just call yourself Joel Vargas music? And I said, that sounds okay. Then I'll just do that. And so then I was like, I need album art. I don't know anything about album art. So let me go figure out how to do that. And I talked to some friends that are creative and I said, when you hear this, like, what does it make you think of? Here's what I'm thinking. And and they gave me some like visual cues, and I came up with the album art. And so where where is that from? It's um, it's quite a cinematic photograph, it, I think. It really is, and maybe a little overdone there. But did you take that? No. So so oh. I just used the the free service Canva. Um, nice, big fan of Canva. Yeah, I I had no clue about it, and uh, I did multiple shots, and I would try different things and send it to my friends, and they. One of my friends was the one that said, hey, the type of fresh air that I'm hearing is more of a like mountain type fresh air. And I said, OK, well, that's good. And so yeah, I decided to put it all together and, and finally release it. So I have two more coming out. I, I'm trying to do them once a month on average. And then as I'm finishing those up, I'll be working on more. Um, and then, you know, our the, the band at church, we're working on a song now that we're going to think to release. And that's obviously would be done through the church. Um, so it's cool that now I know the process. I can help them through that process. You know, I'd, I'd say for me, at least it was all about getting through the process. And now that I've done it once, I remember sitting on my bed with my laptop on my lap getting ready to get everything, you know, to, I registered with distro kid, got everything ready to go. I'm about to release and I did it. And I told my wife, like, I'm done. Like, that's it. And it's out there. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, this, this is uh like, I made this way too much of like, it was way too, like it was a big deal. And it really wasn't like it is, it wasn't <laughs> that bad and it wasn't too hard. So you know, now I'm I'm really focused on, okay, I got these other few that I want to release. I'll release those kind of once a month. Um, and then I'd like to work on a more kind of longer format EP that's kind of intended to yeah. be listened to from beginning to end. Um, and then kind of the, the larger project that I'd like to release at some point is a kind of full format album that's more of a soundscape that takes you t- through a oh, nice. soundscape journey. Um 
and, and most of what I want to bring with my music is is if you if you look at the way that I live my life, I have three young boys. Uh, you know, we're playing out front all the time. We 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 do great things in our neighborhood, and I just want to bring joy to people. And I just want to you know that fresh air is in the midst of kind of a crazy year. Um, I just want people to go outside and breathe some fresh air. Um, hopefully, when they listen to it, maybe while they're working or in the background, hopefully they just get a little bit of a positive. Um, uplift maybe and and kind of shift the their the atmosphere a little bit and so that's really my purpose is just to help that side of the house without really um needing to say much right just just let the music do do the work that's cool i know me personally i've more than ever new music to listen to during lockdown this past year has been so important it's really kind of boosted me on the bad days absolutely yeah, I it, it sure has been for me too. I, I definitely, I think fresh air is is a great way of, I mean, I, I listened to it before I'd even kind of checked what it was called. Uh, I just pressed play straight away when I was doing something else. Uh, and then I saw the title afterwards and was like, yep, that's pretty much nailed it. And the album artwork as well. I think we talk about this a lot about how it's the kind of tying all these different elements together and getting the, the artwork and the title and, and everything to to come together so yeah i mean i think we, we were discussing just before you came on it's uh it's clear now you're obviously a, a talented musician play a lot of different things we were wondering whether that piano on there was was you playing uh and kind of all those elements but it, i'm guessing it it clearly was it wasn't samples that was you you playing that piano on there yeah i do uh I do try to like, I know there's shortcuts around a lot of this stuff and there's great sample libraries, but I do, you know, pride myself in, you know, playing every single part, uh, even the drum parts I've manually like played most of it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll do some kind of programming on the side, but, um, the, the sound creation, I, I, I have some analog synths, I have some, you know, software things, but I try to shape every sound and, and make sure that it's, it's, you know, it feels let me at least put my fingerprint on some of this stuff. And just by grabbing a preset and maybe making some tweaks, it now sounds like me. Right. So that was kind of, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. And, um, I, I like playing, I, I'm sure I could do more if I maybe, you know, did some of the secrets of guys like, you know, Mr. Bill and people who just are wizards in Ableton, um, that can do so much with so little, but, um, I just go old school and, and play every part. Uh, did, was this an idea that you'd had kind of floating around for a while? Or was this one of yours that you just sat down and it kind of just all flowed? What was the kind of timeline of, of this this particular track? It, it turned around pretty quick. Um, and I finished it pretty, like I had it finished for a couple months, but I, I didn't do kind of the final mix and master because I, I was stuck on the album art on like, <laughs> what do I call myself? Like, how do I do this? And I was, I honestly, that the resistance was, was creeping in. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I, you know, those finishing steps and I did what you guys did. And I said, all right, January, 2021, it will be released. I got to come up with a name quick. So I yeah. <laughs> used my name and put music on the back of it. Um, and then, you know, as far as the, I think the concept that I shared about just making music that shifts, you know, that is optimistic, that, that kind of shifts mindsets and atmospheres. Like that was, that was probably more of the goal as I did the music. Honestly, I didn't, um, 
the music kind of informed uh, the title, the what it was doing, and um, you know, kind of same with the ones that I have, you know, that are going to come out here in the next you know month or so, one one at a time. Same thing. I, I kind of make the music first, and then it informs the rest later. Um, that's just how I think. I know some people think differently, and and I'm sure I'll have other projects that'll be different as well. So it sounds like um, that one came quite quickly. I wondered because you've like us, you've had years of playing music without releasing anything. Were there any kind of lingering ideas you've always liked? Always, oh, I, I really love that little loop. I want to release that someday when I can do it justice. Are there any things like that that you want to finally air into the light of day? Or is it all about kind of whatever inspires you in the present? No, I, I'd say there's definitely a little bit of both. Um, recently, I did one of the... <laughs> one of the things that I'm sure all of us do is we, we go through old Ableton files. Like you just start opening up yeah. a whole bunch of different ones. And like, what was I thinking four years ago? Like, what was I like trying to do six years ago yeah. or whatever? I yeah. don't know. And I was pulling up some old, old files and, and I was like, man, why didn't I finish that? The, that was pretty close. I should have just finished it. And again, now that I've developed like this, this other muscle group and I'm like, wait a minute, I, I think I can mix. I think I probably can master. <laughs> and and look, I'm not great at those. That's what I'm working on the most. And I, if there's listeners out there that would, would give me some feedback and help me with mixing and other things, I would absolutely welcome it. But, um, <laughs> you know, I did give it to a few folks and they said, this is fine. Like I even took it to a, a mixing engineer and I, and he told me, Joel, I could probably get it. 10% better, but is it really worth it? Just, just keep doing it, you know? So, um, anyways, there, there are lots of, of ideas that I'd like to bring out, but you know, I think there's a certain sound that you're inspired by in the moment that you really need to get out. And now rather than it just coming out as a loop or a, an idea, I would rather just finish it and put it out because it's, it's accessible. It's, you just have to do it. <laughs> you, you've kind of, I guess put us to to shame in some ways because you you sound like you've got an even busier life than us two. Neither of us have got children. You've got three. You said uh, so. You know, you be be able to fit all this around all all the other stuff you've got going on and actually release something is is very impressive. So uh, credit to you. And also, you said you've got something else coming out with the with the church band as well. So to do all that is is good. Do you find having all those commitments has made you have to be more precise with where with where you dedicate your time to to various things i know i've heard people talk about this in the past that actually being busier in a way and, and having these extra commitments just makes you hyper focused when you've got a little bit of time you really dedicate it to, to that so yeah i was just wondering kind of if you've got any tactics that your tips for kind of how you've you've managed to because it is inspiring to people out there who are listening who may be feel like they're busy and maybe aren't as busy and kind of are struggling to fit things in around uh, around daily life so yeah a true tune lighter yeah no <laughs> yeah. uh thanks and and obviously uh, i got a lot of inspiration from you guys so um you know i i would say there's there's a couple key things that i kind of live live my life by the, the first one is you anything you say yes to you are saying no to something else and anything you're saying no to you're saying yes to something else and most people aren't, they don't realize what they're saying no to, and they don't realize what they're saying yes to. Uh, and I know that sounds very simple, but um, 
you know, there's a lot of things that I've chosen. I just don't have time to do right. Um, as much as I would love, you know, when the world was normal, um, I would have loved to have gone to every show for every person that I love to listen to. Unfortunately, like during this season of my life, that's, I can do about five or six shows a year and I pick them very wisely and I absolutely filled me and it was amazing and and I kind of move on. Right. So you have to be very clear on what you're saying no to. And I will say that as a creative, it's easy for you to say yes to the creative, creative, creative all the time. And, and then you find yourself maybe neglecting your, your kids, your family and things that are maybe more important. Um, I think what my family has seen is I I'm re-energized by the music. So yeah, yeah. when I make something and I'm like, Hey kids, like listen to this. And, um, you know, when I bring my kids in and I let them, uh, work on making some music with me, you know, it's, it's just, it's rewarding. And it, it is, uh, you know, I know what I'm saying yes to. And I, I feel like I, I've, me and my wife have been married for 11 years and we're, we're really balancing that out. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, I, you used a word that I, uh, I just made it a, I just don't use the word is the word busy. Um, my, I went to a conference and one of the, I'm a leader outside of this. I, I manage a, a very high performing team of, of, of it sales professionals in a really big market in Dallas. And so we have really big customers have a lot of demands. And one of the things that I've made a, just a, a commitment is I don't say the word busy. So if someone calls me and they say, Hey, do you have time for me? Um, Hey, absolutely. Got a few things going on, but let me look at my calendar. Uh, can, can we do it in 30 minutes? I got a 15 minute slot that I'd love to, you know, give you your full, you know, give, give you the full attention. Um, or if my parents, you know, might call me, my dad might call me, my sister might call me. I, I'll just never use the word busy because I feel like it makes that person feel like, you have too much and and not enough to give. And so I just choose to be as simple as possible and, and just make those decisions like you have to in music. Right. Um, and just be very focused on executing the things that need to be done. But at the same time, making people feel like, Hey, if I ever needed Joel, he's going to be there. I'll do what I need to do. And I'm, I'm not kind of clothing my life around the word busy, which I think people just say to feel important most of the time. So, um, I just try not to use that, that word, although I'm, I'm sure I'm a little busy, but yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a really good, uh, good piece of advice. Yeah. That's interesting. You kind of alluded to there, like there's the, the, um, the similarities between the creative process and making music and kind of life and the way you look at a track and, yeah. You know, and how you might look at your and arrange your your life and time. I think that's that's something I've not thought about before. That's kind of uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, lots of decision making and fast. So all about all about balance. So yeah, we've we've asked all the guests we've had on so far these couple of questions. Uh, I luckily remembered to ask you in advance because I think with Brian Funk, for instance, we uh, forgot to ask him in advance that we make him make him think on the spot. You know, what's your favorite album of all time? And he's like, ah, I've got so many things to think. So I mean, it is a really tricky question, but we still like to ask it anyway. So the first one is: Do you have any based on this kind of tune lighting project and our project is? there's a big focus on the album side of things and trying to make this kind of piece of art or as 
an album. Uh, so do you have any favorite albums that you're know, growing up or in your life that you really keep going back to or that really you know, have a special place in in your heart? A big, big time. And, you know, it's it's tough because there are so many amazing albums out there. And, I, and part of me wants to pick something that's like an iconic um jazz album that really because i i was a big jazz head as i was like in high school and early college uh and i was kind of a jazz purist so um you know it had to be like the the old jazz it couldn't be the new jazz it had to be uh so i was really a purist in that way but um but really there was one song there's one album that kind of shifted the way i saw music and it was like a big yeah i attribute it to a big shift and it's it's by snarky puppy uh, they put out an album. We like it here. Um, that album was was recorded, I believe it was in the Netherlands. Um, and and Snarky Puppy, obviously being an American band, they they have a really big respect for the European audience because they appreciate the music differently. You know, they're not they go to the show to listen to the music, not to just be a social atmosphere and and music's in the background, right? Um, and what makes that album to me so incredible, they just released, I, I don't, it would always been a favorite album to me. They just released a documentary that gives you more of a behind the scenes that I absolutely, any, any listener, you guys, I, I absolutely recommend you listening to it. Um, they came up with this idea and this album, like within like a week, they got in the studio, recorded it, their, their drummer which is if you hear their music it's their drummer just owns so much of the feel and taste and um dynamics and so their 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 actual drummer didn't show up he wasn't able to make it and so they they they're a group that has 30 40 50 people that are a part of it and they called another guy and said, Hey, can you make it? And he learned the music on the plane. Uh, some of it had never been re rehearsed by the band. Um, and they just show up and, and they just capture the moment is essentially how they came up with this album. And, and it's, it's quite frankly, the opposite of what got mere mortals like you and I, <laughs> uh, how we approach an album, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you say that, but it, it's, I can see why it resonates because it sounds a lot like you said you had to do as a as a young drummer in church. Absolutely, just having to make it up on the fly. Yeah, it was all we were all by ear, and and I, sometimes I I look back and I'm like, man, I wish we would have captured some of those moments that we would have. Yeah, we'd never captured. They just kind of sat in. They, we we did yeah, them and we moved on, memories. right? But but these guys are just they're all musical geniuses and. Um, that album, I was just so intrigued by their arrangements, by how tight they were. I really thought that, man, they probably worked on this for for ages, right? And to know that they did it all in a couple weeks, recorded it, captured it, um, just shows that sometimes that chemistry between people and just the musicianship, sometimes it just needs to be captured, right? And recording just becomes a form of capture, not necessarily uh, the destination. It's only a, uh, um, the, the, the way to get 
that art uh, to us, right? So yeah, I I've listened to them live multiple times. They have multiple kind of breakout bands that came from Snarky Puppy. So Corey Henry, Bill Lawrence, um, uh, their their percussionist have a, a have a group, and they they all have these different groups. And I've listened to many of them live, and they've been really influential. Uh, I they're <laughs> I love everything they do. Yeah, like capturing that live sound is is something that I mean you hear so many bands say they've spent months in the studio and then at the end they just wanted to create recreate that live sound. There's so much to be said for just capturing in the moment and just get. I mean, I listen to a lot of live albums just to kind of because I just love that energy that you get with you know, around that side of things. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I definitely will check that out. It sounds like a really interesting uh, group that I've not really listened to before. I've heard of them, but I've not never really taken the time to to listen to them so yeah definitely yeah the the best 55 minutes you'll uh you'll uh have if if your ears can handle it uh i i really love it um and then the second question that we've we've got is uh kind of a follow-on from that which is is there anything more recently uh that you've been listening to while you've been making this music uh that's really captured your imagination that's kind of exciting you at the moment uh it doesn't have to be an album can just be an artist yeah i'd say uh so anomaly i don't know if you guys have heard of him um he's he's uh incredible he's a canadian uh speaks french so he i i will butcher the name of this uh it's pronounced (laughs) metropole it's i think it's I, i i won't even attempt to say that in french um but i think it just stands for metropolis um the that album and and just everything that that kid does it it makes me sometimes what you know and when now that we're i guess we look like we're close to the same age um you know yeah. sometimes there's this feeling of like man music like the like the music we used to do is kind of dying like musicianship <laughs> is dying like there's no more great music music out there and and then you hear anomaly right and 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 this kid is just incredible and and he actually took the opposite uh route in this album and he did two parts of it i i really like the first part though um he does take you on a journey through the through this through the album it's a short album um but he actually did it all in the studio and he produced it he recorded it he played everything he mixed it he mastered it it was a solo project which obviously inspires a lot of what i'm trying to do um and then he went out he took it on tour so he essentially decoupled what he created in the studio and made it for live and he used it through ableton uh they actually did a a pretty cool ableton thing where he shows how he makes it all happen and he does a lot of fancy chain selecting and patch changing and, and a lot of really interesting things, but he brought it to life and made it live. And I went to one of his shows in Austin and, and did the VIP and asked him some questions. And, um, he's just, he thinks of music a little bit differently. Um, I like that he starts in the studio and then takes it out to the world. Um, so very different than snarky puppy in that, in that regard. Um, but, absolutely wreck i mean he's definitely an up-and-coming um artist that i think people should kind of you know keep keep on the lookout for because he's doing some really cool things 
Nice. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. We've we've just been discussing this kind of I think we'd quite like to after the albums come out, if we carry on doing the podcast, start talking about things like live and taking things to the live setting because we've very much been doing things in the box or you know, we've got Yeah, we're more of a more of an anomaly than a smarky puff, snarky puffy, I think. <laughs> we're uh, we're thinking about how we can make the record and then then we'll think about how to play it live if he if it comes to it. Yeah. That, oh, that'd that be, awesome. be a challenge. Yeah, but a challenge we we'll try and do. We're much more capable of doing these days with things like Ableton and and you know, all the software that's out there. It would have been impossible uh, <laughs> a while ago, but hopefully. Well, yeah, some some now. of the stuff you guys are doing in studio, I was listening to it, and it was it was quite it was quite remarkable and and and, and pretty complex. I mean, I I think just getting it to live would be a challenge in and of itself. That I would I would <laughs> yeah, love to see like so. what you know what parts do you do you actually you know play manually for well, lack yeah, of a better what we, term what do we sacrifice yeah yeah what do you sacrifice what do you bring on i mean it's there's a lot of good goodness going on there so yeah that's definitely really a whole cool. podcast series in in that alone i think <laughs> just yeah how do you take something that it wasn't thought about in a live setting and put it into a live setting uh, oh, yeah. that could be fun what about you joel just quickly obviously you've got your your band who you're recording with and playing with but the, the songs you're doing solo would you ever consider playing those live oh man um honestly i haven't even thought about that um i think you're the first person to ever ask (laughs) um and you know i I don't think when i made the music i wasn't thinking about it live i think if i was doing that i'd probably write differently um almost like um like when i used to you know, arrange and make my own music with a band. Like when I played in high school, there was a, we, there was a little band that we all played. We were all too young to drive, but we played some really good music. Um, and you know, you, you'd think of the guitar player, you'd think of the drummer, you'd think of the, you know, so I'd probably be a little bit more thoughtful about what will this guy, you know, who will be in the band and, and, and then how will I make yeah. the music to match it? So I don't have the instruments. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd probably start with the elements first. <laughs> Um, whereas right now I'm like, man, who would play that? And I don't know that I could do it all either. So I'd have to pick, pick something and and run with it. So that's a, that's a good, that's a good challenge for a future project. So thanks for giving me the idea. And hopefully, you know, if it takes off and we'll get people knocking on your door saying, Joel, you need to take this live. You know, you've got all these streams, everyone's listening. You've got got to do some live shows for us and you could be like, we'll be on the first plane to uh, to Austin. There you go. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not, uh, think I'm, I'm a little bit more realist. <laughs> I don't know that, uh, that sounds great, but I, um, yeah, for at least, at least while my kids are small, I, I, <laughs> I don't I'll, want to be touring the world. I don't yet. know that touring the world uh, works. We, we, Hey, we did make a choice to, to homeschool with all the stuff going on and I think it's given us more flexibility. So, um, but yeah, uh, that's that sounds tough right now. <laughs> one step at a time. One step at a time. That's right. <laughs> Just let's release the music first. That's yeah. right. Well, yeah, that's been that was really a really fun, uh, wide ranging conversation. Thanks uh, very much for for coming on and and chatting, um, Joe. I really appreciate it. Before we wrap up, uh, is there anything you would like to plug? Anywhere you would like to point our listeners to uh, to hear some of your music? Sure. No, I, I'm I'm just getting started, so uh, there's not a ton to to catch out there. I think Instagram is where I've released 
most things. And then that'll point you to, um, fresh air and, and kind of where I'm at now. So Instagram would probably be the best place. And it's just, uh, J Vargas music. Um, so I'd love to connect with anyone that, that, that wants to, I'm glad to collaborate or, or give feedback or, um, you know, it's, it's always nice to, to meet fellow tune lighters. So thanks for coining the term. And this has been, uh, I've really enjoyed uh, the time with you guys, and uh, you guys are just as cool in in uh, in virtual person through <laughs> through the distance than 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 listening to you. So it's been really really fun. Thanks, guys. Uh, you're too kind. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed that chat. Something a little uh, unusual, maybe, but yeah, we're uh, very much about connecting with you guys out there who are listening. We really appreciate all of you so uh yeah if anyone else might be interested in coming on a future episode we're all about trying to build this tune lighting community uh sharing the love and all that stuff um yeah so we'll be back again in a couple of weeks time with another normal episode we've not got much time left on this project so it's all systems go we're well and truly into the finalizing of tracks and the mixing stage so we're chatting about all that kind of stuff in future episodes and eventually about trying to get this album finished and released so until next time cue the theme tune